before we get into the word uh, this morning, or as a, as a prelude to the message, we want to show you a video clip of a recent water baptism that we had here at the church. You may have heard uh, last week, or you may have heard in the newspaper, that a young man uh, in Haverhill was, was killed on the streets. Uh, was in an altercation with another person. He ended up dying. His name was John Rosado. John was a part of our fellowship. John uh, contacted us about a year ago, and um, that's right when COVID started, so we weren't having church for a while, but John kept calling the office uh, wanting to know if he could get baptized. And um, we talked, and we, Pastor Bill ministered to him many times, uh, going out for breakfast and meeting with him. So by October, uh, we felt like it was time to have a water baptism, so we opened up the Sunday night service for a water baptism. Many of you have seen our baptism, so you know what it looks like. Some of you haven't, so you'll get to see. But my, my point is this. John gave his heart to the Lord. He was baptized in water. And not even five months later, he met Jesus face to face. So I share this video as a, re- well, first of all, so you can get to see who John was, because he came to the early service mostly and left quickly after the service and always wore the mask. So a lot of people didn't know who he was. But he was pretty faithful from, say, July till a few weeks ago. But I say that to say, you never know what's going to happen. And this is why we do what we do. For people to come to know Christ. No matter where they come from or what they come out of, this is why we exist. So let's, let's show that video and just a few minutes of the water baptism. So, uh, live streamers, uh, we're back in action here, uh, getting ready for this baptism. So, thank you. And uh, the first on the list tonight is our our dear brother, John Rosado. Uh, John had inquired about baptism a while ago, and uh, we kept saying, we're going to work it out with the COVID, and here we are, finally. So, John, I want you to be the first one. So, John, just come in here and, and sit down. John, how you doing? Good. Have a seat. Hot seat. But so slide up a little bit this way. And, and when you go back, just try to go back gently. All right? So, John, uh, <clears throat> have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Uh, have you uh, come to a place in your life, you're, you're, you're a young man, that uh, maybe your peers, maybe some friends or family may not, uh, may not understand what you're doing, but are you willing to go forward in Christ regardless of what people may say? All right. And um, uh, as we were saying tonight on the live stream, will you, or will you become a student of the Word of God to keep, your, keep you on the right path? All right. So, John, based on your confession of faith that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, uh, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amazing grace, how sweet sound to say, oh, like me Father, Lord God, I thank you for John. I thank you for his obedience to be baptized in water tonight. Bless not only this night, but bless his life 
for the rest of his life from this day forward. Let him walk in obedience to your word. And Lord, fill him with your Holy Spirit that he would be a great witness for you among his generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right. Congratulations. (laughs) Come on up. All right. So this is what we do. This is what we do. We share the gospel because we believe the gospel changes lives. John was known on the street as a, as a drug dealer. He was known in here as a brother in Christ. He was new. We had his funeral on Friday. Pastor Bill and I conducted it. Pastor Bill had a good message. John's mom and dad came to the Lord after that message on Friday. And another girl did too. And my, my encouragement to the family and friends, and we went to the cemetery, my encouragement was to remember the legacy that John leaves behind, a legacy of faith, of a changed life. Was he perfect? No. Are any of us? Absolutely not. But John was on his way. Which brings us to the topic that I want to talk about today and the, and the endeavor that we're embarking upon this week, today actually, is that of fasting. I want to talk about fasting today. I've entitled the message, Fast. We're in Matthew chapter 6. So why don't you turn there with me? Matthew 6, verse 16 to 18. We're going to end up in Isaiah 58 in a little bit. But there's some things to, to share here before we go too far. Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew uh, 5, 6, and 7. And uh, chapter 6 and verse 16, Jesus says, Moreover, when you fast... Do not be like the hypocrites with a, sour, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, right now that your Holy Spirit would, would take this, these verses, this topic, and Lord, speak to our hearts in such a powerful way. And yes, Lord, we leave John in your hands. We thank you for his mom and dad and the other person that came to know you. But we pray for his other family and friends that, that, that they would all come to a place of saving grace in Christ Jesus. But Lord, may your presence speak to us now as we talk about this important subject. In Jesus' name, amen. So the idea is that today is the beginning of our fast. We're starting today. We're going to go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, we're, we're doing this so, so God would know we're sincere. That God would know we want him to move in our congregation power, powerfully, in our families. We're going to trust God that when next Sunday comes... <clears throat> We'll see a marked difference, not only in attendance, but just in the presence of God. And what I'm really getting at is Easter Sunday, which is in two weeks from today, that on Easter Sunday, we're allowed to have 80 people in church. I don't know how many people are here today, but we're allowed to have 80 people at this service and 80 people at the, at the 9 o'clock service. So we're trusting God for 160 people in church, next, uh, not, not next week, but two weeks from today, on Resurrection Sunday. So... Maybe someone could tell me how many people are here, if you, if you have the number. Just when, when you can, write it down and bring it up. So we're trusting God to move powerfully in our midst during this week. Um, we're, we're, I'm speaking on this subject uh, so that we get a proper understanding of the reasons of why <laughs> Oh, 45, okay. 45? Okay, so it's 45 people here today. We could have to almost twice as many people, legally. I'm not looking to break any rules around here. I'm just saying legally we can have another uh, 35 people next, next Sunday. So we're praying that God will move. Those of you at home, I don't mean to rock anybody's world. If you're sick or you're afraid, you, know, you, you make your own decision. I'm just praying that God would bring in people. You know, our people, other people that need to hear the word of God. 
So we're, we're, we're talking about this to talk about the proper reasons to fast, the proper attitude to have. We're talking about a biblical fast, by the way. Now, some people talk about how they want to fast other things, like social media or TV or movies or some special activity that you like to do. That's fine, too. That, that's good to do, actually. But we're, we're sticking with this idea of a biblical fast, which means don't eat food. And everyone either said, ouch, or amen, right there. But that, that's what it is. We don't eat food, you know. And, and so we drink water. Water is generally acceptable. Um, and, and here's the thing. There's not one way to fast. There's many ways to fast. And I'm not, I'm not saying which way you should choose to fast. You've got to find your own way to fast. What I mean is you may have health a health condition, you may have work situations or school or whatever, responsibilities that would require you to eat a little bit anyway. Um, this morning when I woke up, I had two eggs. And I figured I needed my energy for the, these services, but that's it for the day for me. So tomorrow's another story. I'll, I'll just seek the Lord on tomorrow. But you may, you may not eat a whole day. You may not eat for two or three days or the whole seven days. You may not eat for... A meal today and a meal tomorrow or whatever you could do. You may fast today and not tomorrow and then the next day. There's all different ways to put it together. But the idea is to not eat food and to pursue the Lord. We're seeking God's blessing, God's anointing, God's moving of the Holy Spirit upon us. Now, notice in this passage we just read a couple of things in Matthew 6, verse 16 and 17. Two things stand out to me. The first thing is Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast. He didn't say you should fast. He said when you fast. So it was, it was already like a part of the program, so to speak. It was already part of the discipline for believers to fast. He also said something that stands out. <clears throat> don't be like the hypocrites and make a big deal out of it. Don't, don't contort your face so everyone says, oh, look at him, he's fasting. But he said, wash your head, wash your face, anoint your head, and your father who sees in secret, he'll, he'll know what you're doing. It's between you and the father to do this. In fact, look in your Bible, Matthew 6. Look at verse number 2. <clears throat> I'm just going to paraphrase. It says, therefore, when you give, not if you give, when you give, don't blow the trumpets. Don't make a big deal of your giving. You know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Just give unto the Lord, the Father who sees in secret. He'll bless you. It says in verse number five, it says, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, don't make a big deal in the synagogue or on the street corner, getting all the attention. Oh, I'm praying now. No, you pray in secret. Go into your inner room and shut the door and pray before God. So you have three disciplines that are really important here. One is giving. One is praying. And the other one is fasting. And fasting is probably the least one that we do. But it's just as important as the other two. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of fasting in Jesus' life and in the life of the early church. If you want to turn to these uh, scriptures, you could. But Matthew 4 uh, talks about when Jesus, it says, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Can you believe that? That the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? And Jesus, it says, he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. And then he was tempted. But I want to say, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He gives us an example. Why did he fast? Well, you know, he needed that, he needed that anointing from his father to withstand the temptation. Think about it. If you're going through something, you're maybe tempted or whatever, you know, it may be a time to get alone with God and fast and seek the Lord's anointing over you as you go through that particular issue. But also, after the temptation was over, you know the story, he was tempted three times by Satan. After that was over and he got the victory over Satan, he launched out into his three year of public ministry. So he was fasting for an anointing of the Father to withstand the temptation, and to complete the task of his ministry. And we're at the point now where we're praying and fasting for God to move upon this fellowship so that we can withstand the temptations of the world around us and that we can go forward and fulfill our calling to be a light in this community. Our theme from last week, if you remember, people, G-R-O-W, at New Life, right? We want to fulfill that calling 
And so we need to be a people that will pray and fast like Jesus did. Over in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, just a little, a little verse here. It says, Jesus uh, went up to the mountain and spent the whole night in prayer. Now, it doesn't say that he fasted there, but I personally think that he did fast there. He went there from sunset to sunrise. He, I don't think he took a little, a little snack bag with him. I think he just went there to pray and fast and seek his father's touch upon his life. Why? Because the next day he had to choose the 12 apostles. So he had a grave decision to make. He spent time with his father, praying, I believe, fasting, seeking the father, because he had a very important decision to make afterwards. And he chose those 12, and those 12 changed the course of the world. Then we go to Mark chapter 9, and Mark chapter 9 is a rather long story, I'll just make it concise, that there was a man there who had a son who was demon-possessed. The son would uh, have seizures, he would foam with the mouth, he would get rigid, he, he was just a, a problem, and, and the father heard that the apostles were nearby. He brought his son to the apostles to see if they could fix or heal his son that was demon-possessed. And lo and behold, they did what they did, but they couldn't do anything. The son was still demon-possessed. Then Jesus came on the scene and looked at the situation and tried to figure out what was going on, asked a lot of questions. And he said, oh, ye of little faith. And he cast out the demon. And the boy was set free. He no longer had seizures, and etc. And Jesus set him free. So after the, the whole thing left, the apostles came to Jesus and said, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus said very clearly in verse 29, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. So there are some times when the demonic world approaches us, and the only way we can safeguard ourselves is to be in prayer and fasting over those demonic forces. So, then we go into the early church. Um, uh, The early church, Acts chapter 13 Uh, Many of you know the story, but there were prophets and teachers there. I always look at the church of Antioch as a model church. It was a multicultural church leadership. Prophets and teachers were there praying together, fasting together. As they were praying and fasting, the Lord spoke to them and said, Separate for, for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of ministry. And they continued to pray and fast. And the Lord impressed upon them to lay their hands upon Barnabas and Saul to send them out to the mission field. So sometimes the Lord uses prayer and fasting to commission people, to send people out. Uh, personally, I, there, were, there were several, um, of course, there was many times in my life that I fasted. But I just want to share two examples. The first time I really fasted for probably like, probably three days or so, which that was a lot for me, many, many years ago. We were trying to make a decision do we relocate from North Carolina back to New York, or do we stay there? And I remember someone said to me, he said, Rick, you need to be praying and fasting about that decision. This is a huge decision. Stacy was born there. We had a house there. We had a, I had a nice job there. Things were okay. And I remember praying and fasting. I thought I was going to die. I was a new Christian. I didn't know. All I knew was I needed to hear God's voice. But I was seeking his face. And I was steadfast with this for three days. I think I believe it was three days. And finally, after that time, I felt the Lord, I felt a release in my heart to tell everyone, tell my wife, we have to go back to New York. That was birthed out of prayer and fasting. The next time it happened, I mean, I fasted in between that, but many years later, how many years later? 13 years, I don't know, I forget. 15 years later. We're our, we are associate or assistant pastors in Greenwich, Connecticut, living in New York. And I feel the call of God to relocate to Massachusetts to pastor a church. I was perfectly happy where I was, let me tell you. Had a house, had three kids there, had a beautiful church. My sister lived around the corner. My parents lived down the street. My brother lived a half hour away. I was all set. I had everything I needed. I had a good job. And I felt, I felt like, I don't know, I was just feeling like God's doing something here. Pamela and I prayed together. We sought the Lord. I fasted. I used to walk on the streets of Rye, New York. with a, I had a stick in my hand 
from a branch of a tree. I was hitting the pavement saying, Lord, you got to speak to me. I was hitting the telephone pole. Lord, you got to speak to me. Lord, speak to me. And for a week, I was just, I was seeking the Lord. And after that time, I felt a release in my heart. You got to go. You got to be the pastor of a church up in Webster, Mass. I said, oh my goodness. And then saying goodbye to everyone was, it was sad on the one hand, but exciting on the other hand. But that was birthed by prayer and fasting. And then we moved from Webster to here, and that's another story that I won't go into right now, but we were definitely seeking the Lord. But sometimes when we need to hear direction from God, we need to let him know how sincere we are about wanting him to move in our lives. Then we have to get ready to accept whatever he says. Because packing up and moving wasn't easy at the time, but it was the right thing to do. And so anyway, so Jesus fasted, the early church fasted, and uh, I like what my, my friend Pastor David Braxton said. He pastors the River Church here in Haverhill. He said, uh, fasting is an opportunity. And I always thought fasting was like, oh, no. He said, fasting is an opportunity. And it really hit me like, that's a good word right there. Fasting is an opportunity for us to draw closer to God, to hear his voice, to be anointed by his spirit, to do what he wants us to do. Edwin Cole, who's now deceased, wrote a book called Maximized Manhood many years ago. In that book, he talked about fasting. He said something I'll never forget. He said, fasting is like cutting the umbilical cord of your life away from the earth. And I thought about that. What he was saying was everything we eat comes from the earth. The plants, the fruit, the vegetables, the meat, you know, from grazing on the grass and whatnot. So when we don't eat, we're cutting off our lifeline to what the earth has to supply. And we're depending solely upon the Lord. That's why we could hear his voice more. Nothing is in the way. So, today we're starting our fast, and uh, we'll be going all week long. Um, We're seeking God's touch to bless this fellowship, uh, to renew our mission statement of People Grow at NLC. And I want to go a little deeper. So if, if you can, take your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah 58. I want to talk about that and then make some application to, to that. This is an Old Testament passage, obviously, but it has some New Testament uh, application for us. Here's a setting in Isaiah 58. Israel needed to hear a word from God. They were in trouble, actually. Uh, northern Israel was in exile, and Babylonian captivity was, was soon to come. And... Uh, Israel needed a word. So the Lord sent Isaiah to speak to Israel. And can I just make a comment here that we as a church, we need to hear a word from God. We're not in exile like they were, but this pandemic has gotten everyone a little bit crazy. So is the vaccination. So has the uh, lack of employment for many people. The, the, the social climate we're living in, the news is crazy. The political scene is still crazy. We need to hear a word from God. So the Lord sends Isaiah to Israel. And so let's, let's start at verse number 1. And this is, we're going to go from verse, verse 1 to verse 12. So this is going to take a few minutes to do this. So just stay with me here. Everyone have it in your Bible if you can? So verse number 1, the Lord says to Isaiah, Isaiah, I'm going to paraphrase as we go along, don't hold back anything. Cry out, let the people know their sins and their transgressions. How would you like to have that assignment? That, that's the pastor's call right there, you know, uh, or the, the prophet's call. The pastor's call is similar to the prophet when he has to call out sin. But, okay, so cry out, raise your voice like a tr- clear-sounding trumpet, you know, just let it go. And so, verse number two. So, as you do this, yet they seek me daily. So, we have a little bit of a problem here. They seek me daily. They delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. And did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. And they take delight in approaching God. So we have a problem here. Why would the Lord tell Isaiah. Go tell them their sin. When they're doing everything right. Seemingly. That's like you know. The Lord sending a message to a church. The church seems to be doing everything right. Everything's good. The worship team, the, the, everything's going, you know, looks good and everything's fine. And, and the Lord say, no, no, call them out on their sin. Because all that looks good is not really good on the inside. That's what was happening here. The Lord said, call out their sin. Yet they, they act in verse number two. They seek me daily. Oh, my goodness. 
They're praying, they're seeking God daily, but they're still in sin. They delight to know my ways, or they, they, it seems like that, as a nation, uh, as though they were a nation that did righteousness and they don't forsake the ordinance of God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice and take delight in approaching God. So we have a problem. Israel is doing all the right things with all the wrong attitude. In verse number 3, the Lord says, Isaiah, tell them. I'm sorry. They say to, to Isaiah or to the Lord, why have we fasted, they say. And you, Lord, have not seen. Now they're even fasting in their, in their disciplines. They're worshiping, reading the word, and now they're fasting. Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? Wow. So here they're, they're doing all the religious things. You know, they're doing all the things that are expected of them to do, but their heart is a million miles away from God. Verse 3b says, In fact, in the day of your fast, so verse 3 says, Why have we fasted and you don't, you don't see us, you don't hear us? And the Lord says, In the day of your fast, you're not fasting for the right reasons. You're fasting to find pleasure. You exploit your workers. You, you fast for strife and debate. You strike with the fist of wickedness. And uh, the end of verse 4 says, just to paraphrase, it says, you, know, you will never, your, your fasting will never be heard by God if you do it that way. Now sometimes when you fast, I mean, let me, sometimes when I fast, after a day or two, I'm not in the greatest mood because you know why? I'm hungry. So that's my wife, she'll tell you. But see, I don't know if that was happening here, but we, if we fast, we have to be careful not to let that flesh rise up. The flesh is supposed to die when we fast. So here, they were fasting, they were doing their religious things, but they weren't doing it in the right way. So the end of verse number four says, if you fast like you do like this, your voice will never be heard on high. So that's like, that's like us. If we're worshiping, or if we're studying the Bible, or even if we're praying, if we're disciplined in our prayers, if we don't do it with the right heart and the right attitude, God's not even going to hear us. That's a harsh reality. I, I, uh, I tell the story many years ago. I, I developed a plan for myself to pray for one hour. And I was faithful to this plan for over a year. Every day I prayed for one hour. I had different sections of, of the, my prayer time. I had, I had, I had uh, praise, thanksgiving, repentance, uh, petition and worship. I, I developed a system. I, could still, I still do it every once in a while. But after that year, it got to the point where I was just doing it to say that I did it. In fact, I would go to bed at night and say, oh, I didn't pray for an hour. Get up at night and do the hour, not really to connect with God, just to say, that I, just to, say to myself that I did it. It became legalistic. And I realized after a while, Jesus said in Matthew 6, when you pray, you don't even need to pray with a lot of words. And man, was I convicted. My words filled up an hour. I mean, an hour of prayer is good. But to make it happen every day just to say you could do it is not good. I was doing the religious thing with the wrong heart. So I stopped that and just got more sincere in my prayers. But I'm just saying, sometimes we could do religious things and miss the mark. And that's what was happening here. So verse number five, this says, now this is a little tricky. The Lord says, is, is it a fast that I have chosen? So the Lord said, is this the kind of fast that I want you to do? Th that, verse number five, that you afflict your soul? Well, yes and no. L I'll get to that. Is it to bow down your head like a bulrush? Yes and no. Is it to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? What the Lord is saying is, is this the kind of fast that you think I'm calling you to do? That you put on your sackcloth and ashes, that you bow your head, that you afflict your soul so that everyone knows that you're fasting? He said, that, that's not what I'm looking for. I mean, if you could do that with the right heart, yes, but that's not what you're looking for. He says in verse number six, is this not the fast that I've, is, is this not the fast that I've chosen? So now he's going to tell him what the fast is that the Lord chooses. It's not about show and display. It's about what's in your heart. So he says in verse number six, this is why you should fast, to loose the bonds of wickedness. Right? 
to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. And so the Lord is saying, forget about your formality and all your fanfare. I want to know your heart. There's people caught up in sin and wickedness and destruction, and you're over there bringing attention to yourself just so you could say that you're spiritual. And I'm saying, when you fast, you need to pray and fast for the, the brokenhearted, the wicked, the, the burdens. And then verse number 7, it goes on just a practical way. When you don't eat your food, give it away to somebody. Right? Verse number 7. When you see, uh, uh, when you bring to your house those that are cast out or those that are wandering, those that are homeless, minister to the homeless. When you see the naked, give them clothing. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. That took a while for me to understand that. I used to think it meant, <clears throat> Lord, help me with my own flesh, my own fleshly sin. But I really think it means, Lord, help me with my flesh and blood, my family. Because many times family members are a source of contention. So he wants us to pray for, in verse number 6 and 7, you know, pray for those that are bound in wickedness, those that are, uh, have heavy burdens, those that are oppressed. Uh, then we could share our, our food Bless those that are needy and, you know, take care of other people, including our own family. And look at verse number eight. Verse number eight totally gets me. When we do that the right way, then our light breaks forth like the morning. Our healing springs forth. Our righteousness goes before us. And the glory of the Lord is our rear guard. We are blessed when we fast. We are blessed. We are anointed. Look at verse number 9. When we call upon the Lord, he'll answer. When we cry out, he'll say, here I am. Instead of sometimes we're crying out and all we hear is silence. Maybe the Lord is just testing us a little bit. He wants to see what's in our heart. End of verse number 9. If we take away the yoke from our midst, the pointing of the finger, speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. I, I love this because, thinking of John Rosado, there are people on the streets in Haverhill that so need God. Rich and poor, young and old, need God. And the Lord is waiting for his church to be motivated and empowered to go out and share this gospel message. It's the only thing that works. Our dear brother John had a tough life. But somewhere around probably age 33 or 34, he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That works. That works. And now his legacy is one of faith. But anyway, so we're praying and fasting for God to move. Verse number 11 says, The Lord will guide you and satisfy your soul in drought. Strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Man, when I fast for other people, I benefit from it. I grow from it. I get deeper in God because of it. Verse number 12, Those from among you shall build up the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I love that. I love that because uh, we are called to be a light and, a, and a, a hope to people around us. So this is, Isaiah 58 is like the go-to chapter for fasting. So I want to bring out four points of it uh, and apply them to our situation. So verse number six, the, the Lord says, Is this not the fast that I've chosen? And I would respond by saying, yes, Lord, this is the fast that you've chosen. This is the fast that we've chosen. And the first person we address in this fast is ourselves. We can't fast without dealing with ourselves. Some of us may be living in between verses 1 and 2. There's sin in the camp. There's sin in our lives. There's sin in our homes. There's sin in our mind or whatever. And yet we're doing all the churchy things. And so when we fast, the first thing that I do, the first thing I do is say, Lord, speak to my heart. Is there any part of me that's not right? Is there sin in my life? Is, am I phony in some ways? Am I blind to some things? Am I just, do I just have a religious spirit? Are we just doing this just to say that we do it? So when we fast, we're really killing a part of us that we could hear God's voice. The scripture that comes to mind is Psalm 139. 
where David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. Try me. Know my anxieties. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I, I want to encourage you, as we start this week of prayer and fasting, the first person that you should address is yourself. It's the first person I address is me. Lord, is there anything I need to change? Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my life. Don't let me get lost in what I do and forget about who I am. And look at verses 8, eight and 9 again just a little bit. Because when we fast, when we, when we take care of ourselves, when we get rid of verse number 5 and live in verse number 6, right? Then we, we, we really can enjoy verse number 8. We benefit. Who doesn't want your light to shine? You know, who doesn't want uh, your healing to come? Who doesn't want your righteousness to go forward? You know, that should be all of us. And many times we're just frustrated. Lord, I don't know what to do. I can't seem to get any headway. I can't break through. Well, maybe it's going to take some prayer and fasting. Because the Lord says clearly, then, when you fast with the right attitude, your light will shine. Your healing will come. And your righteousness will go before you. And the Lord will be your rear guard to protect you. I love this. And so, yeah, so we focus on ourselves. Verse number 9, when we call upon the Lord, he'll hear us. The heavens will be open. We'll cry out to God. He'll receive our praises. We'll know without a doubt God is moving in our midst. Verse 10, we'll be a light in the dark. We'll be like a watered garden. Now, Psalm number 1 talks about that. Blessed is the man who sits not in the seat of scoffers, nor, nor walks with the unrighteous, but his delight is in the word of God. He'll be like a tree who's planted by the living waters, who brings forth fruit in his seasons, and all that he does, he'll prosper. So no wonder why Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, it's essential for our spiritual lives. So today we're starting. If you haven't, if you ate already, if you can, may the Lord lead you. Skip a meal later. Don't eat. Drink a gallon of water or whatever if you want to feel full. But don't eat and use that time to pray. I'll guarantee you something will happen in your spirit. Let the Lord search your heart. The second thing is this. This is the fast that we choose. We're fasting for people. We're not, we're not doing this for verse number five. Oh, look at me. You know, I, I, in fact, I have a, a particular disdain for showy people. I will confess, I have a particular disdain for showy churches. They may have the lights and the, the place. It looks like a nightclub or whatever. I don't know. All I want to know is, are you meeting God? You know, some people look the part, they dress the part, they act the part, but they're not in the part. And this is what he's saying. It's not about us fasting. And, I, you know, really, don't even, you know, we don't even need to tell anybody. This is between us and God. This is our church. This is a church thing. So we wash our face. We anoint our head. It's not for show. We're doing this in verse number six. Why are we doing this? I wonder, how many of you here, how many of you, you know anybody that's, that's trapped in bonds of wickedness? Man, I do. How many know people that are, have heavy burdens? Maybe some of us have heavy burdens. How many are oppressed and we need to be set free? Many of us, right? Uh, how many, uh, uh, well, we need to break every yoke of sin or bondage or whatever has us yoked with un- ungodly things? Man, that's all of us. So that's why we're praying and fasting, that God would break, free, break, break into lives of people to release them to worship God in spirit and truth. I'll, I'll always rejoice over John Rosado. Worshiping the Lord on a Sunday morning after the life he had? Oh, my goodness. I'm sure someone was praying and fasting for him. Who will help the addicted? Who will help those that are bound with generational poverty or crime? Who will help the lonely? Who will help those that are weighed down with sins that see no way out of their dilemma? It has to be through prayer and fasting. How many times, we don't even know, how much of that is the result of demonic oppression? And Jesus said, these don't come out except by prayer and fasting. There are some oppressive spirits that have people so bound up. You know, a good word, and I'm a great encourager, I'll encourage anybody, but sometimes a word of encouragement will fall flat. 
Because there's demonic forces that are more powerful than a word of encouragement. We need prayer and fasting to have that power to break through those spiritual oppressions. So that we fast for people. We, pa- we fast for our, our sons and our daughters. Maybe our mothers and fathers, our cousins, our relatives that we really love. I was so happy on, at John's funeral um, that at the funeral I, I shared, Pastor Bill shared, and uh, John's mom and dad raised their hand for salvation. That's what it's all about. You know, John's life was not in vain. Another girl came forward for salvation. But so many family members there, they were all ears. Let me tell you, right, Pastor? They were all listening and watching what was going on. Hearing things about John, they never even knew about his faith. But that's why we do what we do. We fast for people. Matthew 25, Jesus, you know this, Jesus said, if you feed the, feed the hungry... If you give clothes to the naked, if you give a glass of water to the thirsty, if you visit those in prison or hospital, you're really doing it for me. So we have a burden for people to be set free. Amen? The third thing is this. We are fasting for this fellowship. We're fasting for New Life Christian Assembly. Look at verse number 12. This is a wonderful thing. After, the, after fasting with the right heart, the right attitude, the right disposition, you know, the right, you know, the right mindset, the right spirit, he says, those from among you, those from among you? Yeah. Those from among your church, right, will rise up and shall build up the old waste places. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. You know, there was a, a woman at the funeral on Friday uh, after the service was over. She said, I, she said I, what, what church are you guys from? I said, New Life. And she says, New Life. She said, I, I, I was baptized at New Life. I said, when were you baptized at New Life? She said, 1979. I said, wow. She said, yeah, I was a little girl at that time. But my mom brought me and I had a pool set up outside and I was baptized in the pool. I said, well, listen, you need to come back to church. But what I'm saying is someone gave her a foundation. Someone taught her about Jesus. Now we have to regather the foundations that were built. This church has had uh, foundations building for the last 50 or 60 years in this community. Many people have heard the gospel from this church over the years. So anyway, when when we we pray and fast properly, get a load of this. Those from among you shall build up the old waste places and shall raise up the foundations. And we've had that. We've we've sent out Joey Cullen to to Pennsylvania. We sent out uh, Micah Marshall to Pennsylvania. We sent out Jacob Lockhart to New Jersey, the Cortezes to Connecticut, the Whiteheads to New Hampshire. Now they're in Florida. We sent out the Newmans to Georgetown. We send out people. You know, we see it happen. This is the result of a healthy, spiritually healthy church. But not only that, verse number 12 says, from among you. God will raise up people from among you. So we have Pastor Wayne at the cafe every week preaching the word of God to those dear people down there that need a lifeline to heaven. So from this fellowship, someone's been raised up to go. Pastor Bill is ministering all over the city of Haverhill. Every time I look, he's somewhere else doing something for the Lord. But right from this church, he's, God is raising up people to minister right here. Jesus Ruiz is uh, ministering, leaving the streets ministry, faithful, came from this church. And we have many volunteers with Somebody Cares, Common Ground, New Brothers Fellowship, etc. And, and see, like in a, in a healthy church where there's prayer and fasting, people will rise up and take on responsibilities in the church. Romans 12, we, we, we spent a lot of time with this in, in times past, but the grace gifts will rise up within the church when there's prayer and fasting. God will raise up workers from among the people of the church with spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, leadership, mercy gifts, exhortation gifts, giving gifts. And that church will function on all cylinders and make a great impact for the Lord. So yeah, we... we we fast for ourselves. We fast for other people. We fast for new life, Christian assembly. And lastly, we, we fast for the Lord. For the Lord. You know, Matthew 28, Mark 16, the great commission scriptures. Go into all the world. 
Preach this gospel. Make disciples. Teach them. Baptize them. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we're praying and fasting, we're, we're this much closer to fulfilling the Great Commission because we have a, an empowerment from on high. Can you tell I'm a little excited about fasting? I mean, I, in years past, I, I, told, I told my friends, I dread fasting because I can't eat. And I love to eat. However, it is an opportunity. And it is a, a, a moment to seize, to see God move in our midst. So just in conclusion, just want to go to Isaiah 58. Our, our, our week of fasting begins today. Uh, let me just say this. So tonight will be live stream, if you could join us at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow night and Tuesday night we'll be meeting at the church at 6.30 to 7.30. If you could make it, if you can't make it, pray and fast on your own. But we'll be here from 6.30 to 7.30 on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday will be the uh, live stream Bible study, but we're going to incorporate prayer into that, live stream only. Thursday and Friday, we're meeting here at 6.30. Uh, the men's Zoom will happen at 7, so that's okay. But there'll be a remnant here on Thursday and Friday. And Saturday is a free day to pray fast on your own. There's also the Zoom uh, senior meeting, I believe it is, on Saturday night. So, so we have a full schedule. The, the list is on the table back there. So verse number 6 says this. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? And that is the fast that the Lord has chosen. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Can we stand together? I'm going to ask everyone to say that with me. Before we close out in prayer, let's say it together. Is this the fast? I'm sorry. (laughs) Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Let's say it one more time. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Amen. So, in two weeks from today, I know I'm stepping out on a limb. We have about, what do we say, 40 people here? 45 people here? So we could have an additional 35 people here legally. I mean, how many remember the day when there were 200 people here on a Sunday morning? You know, that, that, that did happen. Then we went to two services, so it was a little different. But So we could have 80 people at 1045, 80 people at 9 o'clock. We're praying and fasting for God to move. Those of you at home on live stream, we're praying and fasting for you to be well. And, uh, and not only that, but we're praying for other people that have nothing to do with the church to make their way into this fellowship. We're praying, praying for people to drive by and see the sign. You know, Many times there's testimonies, people drive by, and they feel compelled to either read this, the scripture or come to church on that Sunday. We've, we've seen that happen many, many times. But we're praying and fasting for God to move. I mean, look, do you think that God wants to have 80 people in church on, during a service in this church? Do, do you really think that? How many of you think that? I think that. Is that unreasonable to think that it could happen? I don't think so. Do you think it's unreasonable to think that 80 people could get up on a Sunday morning and go to the 9 o'clock service? I don't think that's unreasonable. Most of us go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning during the week. 9 o'clock on a Sunday, sleep sleep in a little bit. Still get to church on time. I'm saying this is what God wants. I I want to be flowing with what God wants. Is not this the fast? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? Lord, yes! Yes, Lord! So let's pray. Father, Lord God, thank you for this topic. Thank you for a church that's willing to flow with it. And so we pray, Lord, for this week, Lord, to be an awesome week of prayer and fasting. Lord, help us to abide by the word as we go about this. Let us, uh, let us be sensitive to you, sensitive to our families during this time. 
Let us be sensitive to our own bodies and our own needs at this time. But Lord, those four points are really important. Let us begin, Lord, by thinking about ourselves and getting ourselves straightened out with you. Let us then go to pray and fast for other people that are bound up in sin and hardship and burdens and and lifelong issues, Lord. We just pray that they would be set free in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, for New Life Christian Assembly to be the church that you want us to be, Lord. That, That from among us, many would rise up and go forward and do great things for the kingdom of God. Thank you for the past, but we pray, Lord, for a fresh move of your spirit now in these days. Lord, this would confound people even more in the midst of a pandemic that you would do this. But we're trusting you, Lord, that you would raise up people to go forward and do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Lord, ultimately, it's all for you. It's all for your sake. Lord, we want to see people come in. We want to see people hear the word of God. We want to see people become disciples. We want to see people be taught the word and, and to be baptized like we saw John was baptized. We want, to hear, we want to see people that listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ and that lives are literally changed. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be the people of God that you truly, truly want us to be. With every head bowed, no one looking, one more time, is there anyone here today that you feel like you just want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You feel convicted that you've been around the church, you've been around Christian things, but you never really surrendered to his Lordship. Is there anyone like that? Raise your hand if that's you, real quick. All right. All right, thank you. Two hands. Anybody at home, send us a note. Let us know that that's you at home. And we're going to pray this prayer of invitation together. Lord God. Lord Jesus, we believe in you. Lord, we know that we're sinners. We need help. We need a deliverer, and you're it. We open up our hearts right now to invite you to come into our lives to forgive us of our sins, Lord. We believe you died on a cross for our sins. You rose from the grave. You ascended into heaven with a promise to return. We receive you, Lord, as our personal Lord and Savior and the master of our lives. And Lord, with your help, With your help, we pledge to you today, we will live a godly life according to your word. And so, Lord, may your blessing be upon this week as each one of us, whether new Christian or not, we endeavor to pray and fast and to seek your blessing. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord.